Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right, Laker fans, thank you very much for tuning in. Always appreciate you guys being a part of Lakers talk. We got one solid hour of Los Angeles Lakers basketball on this uh, Tuesday evening. Lakers coming off a win against the Utah Jazz. One more win, or one more game, I should say, at Crypto.com Arena, and then the Lakers will close out the rest of the month on the road. Uh, Got a lot to get into. Um, Very excited to have, in about a half hour or so, Brian Winhurst is going to join the show. Um, I want to talk about the win over the Jazz. I want to talk about Coach Vogel's job how um, is it in jeopardy, some of the pros and the cons with Coach Vogel? Anthony Davis update. Does the team need to make a trade or does it just need to get healthy? And uh, a new goal I have for the Lakers based upon where they sit today. So we got a lot to get into. Let, let's start off um, Let's start off on that big win over the Jazz last night. So I, I want to kind of properly explain. This is the beauty, by the way, of doing Lakers talk. Always get an opportunity to kind of expand on some of the thoughts here. Um, the win over the Jazz. Got to be honest, Laker fans. It came out of nowhere. Um, I, I did not expect the Lakers to win last night. Hundred hundred percent expected. Listen, this is just kind of the way the Lakers season has gone. You haven't really had a signature win. You haven't beat a team that um, is well above five hundred. That is fully healthy that you feel like you have that, hey, there's that moment for the Lakers. That was a solid win. And What would make you think that it was going to come against the Utah Jazz, especially after the, the way the Lakers lost on Saturday night to Denver? Um, wasn't expecting it. I really wasn't. And it was a critical win. It was an important win. It was hopefully uh, one of those moments that we look back on and say, hey, Remember when the Lakers beat the Utah Jazz? I think I think things kind of churned right there. But I want to go back one game further. Um, at least go back a, a game behind. I think the turning point of the season, and it could be wrong. I, I could we could be sitting here in a week from now, and the Lakers are a couple games below 500 or whatever the case is. But I think the turning point of the season, it's going to defy what happens since the Lakers lost that game against the Denver Nuggets. So I want to go through some of the storylines after the Lakers lost to Denver. First of all, you were down by 42 against a mediocre team. Uh, The Nuggets are not the Warriors. They're not the Suns. They're not Brooklyn fully healthy. Denver's a nice team that has injured players. Jokic is an MVP player, but... Um, they're missing Michael Porter Jr. They're missing Jamal Murray. Those are two of their three best players that are not on that team. And the Lakers at one point were down 42. They were down 40. They lose the game by 37. This is what happened after Saturday night. And this is why I wasn't all that confident going into yesterday's game against the Jazz. But we know the story, the storylines leading up to last night's game. Um, Russell Westbrook saying that some teams just play harder than the Lakers. Well, the Lakers don't have the luxury of we have enough talent on this team. We're just going to win games because of talent. We'll wake up when we want to. We'll flip the switch on whenever we feel like it. We all know that that's Lakers are not in a position. They don't have that luxury. Every single game, you know, whether they're playing the Pacers or the Magic or the Wizards or the Brooklyn Nets, every single game is a question mark for the Lakers, and that's 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 literally their record. They're twenty-two and twenty-two. So. Uh, as much of a chance they have to win a game, they have that much of a chance to lose a game. If they go on a three-game winning streak, they can go on a three-game losing streak. That's kind of been the story of the Lakers. Russ questions, or at least says other teams are playing harder. Dwight kind of questions the defense. Magic calls out the Lakers on Twitter. LeBron apologizes for uh, LeBron apologizes to Laker Nation, and and that was the storyline coming into last night's game, and. Then uh, you know I do the pregame show, and before I do pregame with Michael, we always listen into Coach Vogel and Vogel talks. And yesterday I thought it was a little bit different. I mentioned this actually in the postgame show, and I, I I knew in the moment to me it was a little bit different of a pregame show. It was different because Vogel talked for over 12 minutes yesterday, over 12 minutes in the pregame show. 
Um, a lot of the questions were coming up. Hey, Russ said this. Magic's comments this. LeBron does this. You lose to the Denver Nuggets by 40-plus points or whatever the question is. Um, I think there was a lot of kind of uh, uh, conversation and rumblings of, is this thing just completely falling apart and it's only going to get worse? That being a game below 500 means nothing. That in a couple weeks there'll be five or six games below 500. And then the Lakers play the Utah Jazz, and they win the game. And at one point, the Lakers were down nine in the fourth quarter. I want to say, I'm going to just go off the score at the top of my head. I think it was 83-74. And the Lakers at one point go on a 17-4 run, a 24-7 run. Um, And players like Austin Reeves and Stanley Johnson and Avery Bradley are affecting the game late or at least in that fourth quarter. We know the kind of hype around Stanley Johnson got that 10-day contract yesterday, scores 10 points in the fourth quarter, ended up with 15 points, 7 of 9 from the field, also had a couple block shots and a steal. And I'm kind of scratching my head in the postgame show. I'm like, what happened? How did the Lakers win this game? Utah was coming off the night before playing in Denver. They they just beat Denver on the road by 23, the same team Lakers lost to by 37 two nights earlier. Um. I, I think for me, you know, what I take away from that Jazz game and I take away from that Denver game, the Lakers have uh, a choice to make at this stage of the season. They're either going to fight or they're going to lay down. And for one night at least, against the Utah Jazz, a team that's third place or coming into the game was third place in the Western Conference, that it would not be out of the ordinary if the Jazz ended up representing the Western Conference um, in the NBA Finals, it would be a surprise. Don't get me wrong. I, I think it's obviously the knee-jerk reaction right now is, okay, well, it's going to be Phoenix or the Golden State Warriors. Lakers aren't in the conversation right now. But if Utah came out, you'd be like, okay, well, Utah's talented enough to come out. Uh, they still got a lot to prove in the playoffs. And the Lakers win that game. And it's how they won the game. And it's their fight between some of these players that you really wouldn't think would have an impact on this Lakers season. And I don't think there's a um, I don't think there's a question mark there about okay, well, the way they won the game and the players that contributed. These are all guys that are. Well, I don't want to use the word desperate, but Stanley Johnson, he wants to stay in the league. The guy's just being given ten day contracts. Obviously, the Lakers aren't guaranteeing him a spot the rest of the way. Avery. Stanley Johnson doesn't know if he's going to have a spot on this team in nine days. He doesn't. Um, uh, For, I think, a guy like uh, uh, Avery Bradley, when the season started, he was with the Warriors, then they cut him, and then he comes to the Lakers. You know, obviously he's guaranteed through the rest of the contract, but he's trying to stay in the league. Uh, Austin Reeves is trying to make a name for himself. So I I think the players that turned around the Lakers, uh, or at least in that fourth quarter, kind of gives that that's kind of the indication that you need from this Lakers team that you have to play desperate. You have to play with fight. You have to play with effort. And if they don't get that from some of their main contributors and their main players, then we might be just kind of running around in circles. And I thought last night um, we're going to find out whether the game against the Denver Nuggets where you got blown out and it was an embarrassing loss, the way you responded against the Jazz, are the Lakers going to have that type of fight the rest of the way? Or can we just expect what we've expected all season where you get a W here, you get a loss here. You win two, you lose two. Um, I don't have that answer, but I I certainly think that was an interesting moment for the Lakers yesterday and really unexpected. Uh, I I wasn't expecting that by any stretch of the imagination, so we'll give the Lakers credit on that front. Um, Appreciate uh, Valvoline Instant Oil Change. They are one of our partners here on Lakers Talk Visit SoCalOilChange.com for location and game-winning coupons off your next Valvoline Instant Oil Change. Uh, They're clutch. I use these guys all the time, and especially when that check engine light comes on or you need to get an oil change, um, just pull up to one of their locations. It literally takes about uh, 15 minutes. I go to the one here in Pasadena. Certainly, it's a very convenient service, and they get the job done. Okay. Um, I don't know if you guys got a chance to – there was an article that came out a little bit earlier today. And uh, it actually came out this morning. And the conversation was about Coach Vogel and potentially him still being on the hot seat, and he's been on the hot seat. It came out with The Athletic, Bill Orm and Sam Amick. It's, it's a really actually a really good read. And the conversation basically just said that 
the uh, sources are saying that Vogel's job is kind of day-to-day. That um, who knows if the Lakers would have got blown out and embarrassed again yesterday against the Utah Jazz coming off that embarrassing loss against the Denver Nuggets, then maybe, just maybe, um, Coach Vogel would not be the coach of the Lakers right now. I'm not kind of throw out this question. You guys can um, hit me up on Twitter on this. At Alan Sliwa, by the way. What has to happen for Coach to play out the rest of the year? What has to happen? Listen, I I know we could sit here and say, oh, well, you just got to win. Winning, of course, is the answer. But I think there's kind of a um, a, a deeper look into this. It's not just winning. It's also how you win and how you lose. Um, the Denver game against the Nuggets on Saturday night, that is how you lose your job. You, you, when, when your team is already, the expectations are you got to go compete for an NBA championship. And I'm talking about that. those were the expectations coming into the season. Those were the expectations for the Lakers. And the the way the Lakers lost, and, and we know they're you know obviously kind of back and forth between 500 and not, but when you start kind of questioning whether the players are playing for you, when you start questioning um, if there's any fight in this team, if you start questioning, okay, well, maybe the the message from the head coach is just not resonating anymore with the players, that's a very, very dangerous place to be if you're a head coach in the NBA or the NFL or you run a corporation and it's a sales manager, whatever the case is. When people are not listening to their leader, or they're not motivated by their leader, usually what happens in those situations, um, that employer then starts looking for a new leader. And I think that's the interesting thing about Coach Vogel right now. Um, I think it's not just about winning games. I think it's also how you win, and it's also how you lose. I think it's the body language of your players. I think it's, does it feel like when you send a message to your team, they kind of rally around the troops, guys, let's go. Come on, you heard what Coach said. We got to go out there and do this. We got to go out there and do that. Because if you lose the effort part, um, it's uh, that's very, very challenging to keep your job or to make a case to keep your job. So I think this stretch coming up for the Lakers this is a perfect example. What has to happen for Coach Vogel to keep his position with the Lakers? This stretch coming up that the Lakers have is is very challenging. Let's there's no other way to put it. I was uh, there's a website for those who don't know. I think this is part of the Tankathon, or uh, if you guys remember when the Lakers were fighting for lottery picks, we'd always kind of go on there and see what are the chances Lakers have to get a number two pick, number one pick, number three, whatever the case is. We used to follow that all the time, and we were looking at what teams are losing um, and what the probability is that the Lakers can grab a top three pick, all that stuff. Tankathon also does this strength of schedule. The Lakers have the third toughest uh, toughest schedule in the NBA. The rest of the way, so just kind of think about this, where the Lakers sit today, they have the third toughest schedule in the NBA the rest of the way, and I think they've only played the third most road games um, in the NBA as well, uh, or the third least road games in the NBA, so they're going to be on the road a lot. This stretch coming up for the Lakers uh, I think is going to tell the story, and it may determine – Frank Vogel's future uh, with this franchise. And what I'm referring to there is, will your team fight or will your team fold? Many of these games have the potential of folding. What I mean by that is you're losing the Miami Heat by big. Do you mail it in? You're losing to Philly by big, and you're on the road. Do you mail it in? You got Brooklyn on a, a part of the schedule as well. Even games like Charlotte and Atlanta are going to be tough games. This is all part of that six-game road trip that the Lakers have. Um, so I, I want to do this when we come back. I want to talk about the pros and the cons of Lakers head coach Frank Vogel. I want to spend some time on that. And uh, kind of, I, I guess you can uh, picture out what needs to happen for coach to, you know, obviously stay with this team. And uh, a lot of this is going to be determined by the players and nobody else. We'll do that coming up next. Appreciate you guys being a part of the show. Stay right here. You're listening to Lakers Talk on 710 ESPN. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. 
Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. All right, thank you for uh, being a part of the show. We'll go till uh, 8 o'clock tonight. By the way, another 10 minutes, 12 minutes or so, Brian Windhorst, uh, Brian Windhorst is going to come on. Uh, so looking forward to that conversation. It, it, Coach Vogel's job in jeopardy. H- how much of a moment are are we right now with Coach Vogel to where he can continue to be the head coach the rest of the way? What has to happen for that to be the case? Or we could be sitting here a couple weeks from now and the Lakers make some kind of a change. I, I really think this is kind of a defining moment um, for at least the leadership front goes for the Lakers uh, over these next couple of weeks. So let me kind of explain what I mean here. Uh, I want to go over some of the pros and the cons of Frank Vogel. But here's just the reality, and this is just kind of the plain truth. If you run into another situation where you're down by 40-plus points in a game and you don't feel like you got some of your players basically saying, hey, uh, other teams are playing harder than us, you get another one of those or a couple of those on this upcoming road trip, um, it's it, it's obviously going to be reflecting on the coach, whether it's fair or it's not fair, but that's how you do lose your job in sports is when your players aren't listening to you anymore or that message, they just need a different messenger. And it's common. It happens in sports. I, I want to talk about some of the pros and the cons with coach. Uh, by the way, if you want to have any thought on this when it comes to Vogel, you can feel free to do so. You can uh, hit me on Twitter, at Alan Sliwa, at Alan Sliwa. Here are some of the pros. Uh, the pros with Coach Vogel. I think it's really, really easy for us to forget sometimes. I don't forget it. Lakers won a championship 15 months ago. Maybe it's less than that. What are we, in January now? 14, 15 months ago. Um, a little bit over a year uh, ago, the Lakers won a championship with Coach Vogel as your head coach. And then last season, the Lakers, you know, obviously the season didn't go as planned, but they had a lot of injuries and then the moment Anthony Davis went out in the playoffs, um, you eventually you know, lose to the Phoenix Suns, um, and that's just almost inevitable. You're not going to beat the Phoenix Suns without Anthony Davis. It's not going to happen. Once he went out, Phoenix took advantage of the series, and you could kind of chalk up last season to, you know what, it just wasn't meant to be. It wasn't meant to be for the Lakers, and they had a lot of injuries, and we know, you know, obviously the the point from where the Lakers won the championship to when the season restarted, the Lakers were just kind of never healthy and whole. It wasn't meant to be. Then you walk into this year with Coach. Um, I, I like that defense obviously matters. Um, uh, uh, I think that his experience in the NBA is incredibly important. I think the AD has been out. That's a real thing. You can't ignore it. So when people want to make the case of, oh, well, when AD was there, they were only playing 500. But I get it. I'm, I'm not sitting here trying to tell you that AD has been – he's been Jokic this year or he's been Embiid this year or he's been Giannis Antetokounmpo this year. But we know AD's impact for the Lakers. So those are some things that I would say come to the defense of Coach Vogel. At the same time, if I'm looking at some of the cons – uh, 100% you can make cases and say, you know, it's always in question of whether Vogel's rotations really make all that sense or execution at the end of games. Are Lakers running plays or is it just isolation basketball? But I think the most important one that stands out to me, and I think this is going to be the determining factor of Coach Vogel's potential of leading the Lakers the rest of the season or not, and, and beyond that, is the team still fighting for you? And that's a question that I think is fair and I think it's legitimate. Did you lose the room or do you still have the room? And, you know, what I would say, and this is the the point that I've made to Travis Rogers when we have the conversation, I, I don't want to see Coach Vogel leave. I think that you got to wait till Anthony Davis comes back and then you're, you know, obviously playing 500 basketball from there or things just still aren't clicking. Then I say, okay, I, I get it. It's the coach. Um, and that's not for me to sit here and tell you that Coach Vogel has been perfect this year and that he's going to win Coach of the Year because I know that hasn't been the case. Uh, but with all that being said, it is a, a critical moment for the Lakers, and if you have more games where you're losing by X amount of points or you feel like the squad's not fighting for you, then there's no case to be made. Um, that's going to end up being the most important piece of this whole thing. Are they fighting for him or are they not? 
Uh, and like I said, this is coming to an article that I read this morning, uh, Bill Orm, Sam Amick, basically saying that Coach Vogel's future with the Lakers is day-to-day. Um, and unless, you know, obviously things change, and that's why I kind of always look at, are, is the squad fighting for you or are they not fighting for you? Um, all right, quick shout-out here. Lakers Talk is brought to you by Harris Resort SoCal. Voted best resort in Funner, California. From dining to unwinding, a trip to Funner, California is always a win. Are you game for a getaway? You could start planning your trip by visiting HarrisSoCal.com. Got some good news, Laker fans. At least uh, this was, we got an update yesterday um, on Anthony Davis. And this kind of actually leads into, it's a perfect kind of transition from Coach Vogel and, you know, what happens with the future here. A lot of that's going to also be determined of what happens with Anthony Davis when he comes back and the type of player that the Lakers are going to get when he does come back. I'll read off uh, just this quick tweet. This was from yesterday. Uh, Vogel addressed Anthony Davis in the postgame show, and uh, he said everything looked clean on AD because he was reevaluated by team doctors at the arena last night. Davis is clear to ramp up his activity, including on-court work with contact. Vogel did not provide a timetable for AD to return. So that is the latest on Anthony Davis. A question I'll kind of throw out there is what happens when AD returns? Does he just all of a sudden become this savior for the Lakers? Does he all of a sudden um, uh, everything just churns around and the Lakers start playing uh, for every one game they lose, they, they win two? Is that going to happen or is this team just not good enough? There is legitimate doubt on how much he changes everything. And I get this from Laker fans or have conversations with um, uh, different folks that cover the team or whatever the case is. I think there's legitimate doubt of if you thought in the past, let me use that as an example in the playoffs last year. There was conversation, hey, Anthony Davis and LeBron James is healthy. They're going to get past the Suns. AD went down, and you know, obviously the Lakers, that's it. Lights were out, but they were up two games to one, and AD had a couple really good games after he had a bad game, and now you kind of started thinking, like, there it is. All right, it's going to be the AD that we were seeing in that Orlando bubble. Um, the problem is, from what we've seen of Anthony Davis so far this year, I, I really actually don't know what version of AD that we're going to get back. I don't, because I'd have told you that before the season started, Anthony Davis was going to be one of the baddest players walking into the league this year. Chip on his shoulder, age 28. Um, everybody telling him that the guy can't stay healthy. Everybody's saying that, uh, look at the Phoenix Suns. All right, well, if AD was healthy, the Lakers would have won that series, and then they would have eventually represented the Western Conference. I thought Anthony Davis, especially with LeBron now at age 37, was going to take a little bit more of the guys. Um, let let me let let me kind of handle things a little bit here. Let's kind of preserve LeBron. Let's be strategic with how we use him. Uh, I, I'm going to be your workhorse this upcoming season, and I got plenty of rest in the offseason. All that stuff. Like you, you, you thought coming into the season, that's what you were going to get. Instead, I think we got an Anthony Davis that the numbers are there, but the impact you didn't feel. That when he went mano a mano against Giannis Antetokounmpo. It wasn't a matchup. Giannis outplayed him like no tomorrow. And I think instead of getting that player that, hey, can AD scratch the service of maybe MVP conversation, you started getting, is this dude even a top 10 player? So I say that because when Anthony Davis eventually comes back, hopefully it's sooner than later, hopefully it's before the month ends, hopefully it's at some point during the six-game road trip that the Lakers have, um... I can, you know, honestly say I don't know what version we're going to get. And I hate to say that it's a question mark, but it is. Um, is it AD from the championship run or is it AD earlier this season where in a lot of these games we were saying, where's AD? How come we don't feel Anthony Davis's presence? I think this is a, you know, I think this is kind of a simple one here. If it's not the Anthony Davis we're accustomed to, if it's not the Anthony Davis we're expected to get, if it's not the Anthony Davis that was in that Orlando bubble, how the hell are we going to, and I say we as in um, the Los Angeles Lakers and a lot of fans out there that feel a certain way about this team, how is that conversation going to change um, when the season progresses and you're still kind of flirting around the seventh seed, eighth seed, sixth seed, something along those lines 
there won't be a conversation about actually competing for a championship. You almost feel like if it's not the Anthony Davis that uh, was playing a year and a half ago or whatever that was, 14, 15 months ago, if it's not that Anthony Davis, then isn't it just kind of a counting, just a clock ticking before the season ends, whether that's in the first round, the playing tournament, or something along those lines? I think it has to be the Anthony Davis of before, or it's just going to be one of those seasons where we all kind of sit there and say, yep, it uh, once again wasn't the season that we were all expecting. So um, that's kind of the question mark that also comes back with AD. Is the guy just going to be a savior for this team and is ready for that stretch run, or is he going to be similar to to how he played when he was in the lineup for the Lakers this year? And that's just that's not a championship team if Anthony Davis is that version of himself. A championship team or a championship caliber team is the AD that we saw that you could have make an, made an argument for that every time the Lakers stepped on the floor, he was as good as anybody from the opposing team and even on his own team, and we haven't seen that since that Orlando bubble. Okay, Brian Windhorse. Um, he's coming up next. We're going to get a chance to uh, talk to Brian. A lot of these topics that I'm bringing up right now, um, I'm also going to bring up to Brian. Plus, I got some curiosity from Brian Windhorse of what he thinks the Lakers' goal should be at this stage of the season based upon um, where they stand in the standings and what's realistic. So we'll do all that coming up next. Stay right here. This is Lakers Talk on 710 ESPN. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. All right, welcome back to uh, Lakers Talk. Uh, By the way, as we always say, Lakers Talk brought to you by Harris Resort. SoCal voted best resort in Funner, California. From dining to unwinding, a trip to Funner, California is always a win. Are you game for a getaway? Start planning your trip by visiting harrissocal.com. Uh, very appreciative uh, of Brian Windhorst taking some time. Obviously, covers the NBA for ESPN. Brian, I, I don't know if you remember this, but a couple months ago, I remember you said when we were trying to kind of figure out the Lakers team, and you said, "Yeah, come to me after the new year, and you'll have a, a better idea on this Lakers team." And it's kind of funny. Here we are. I I, I patiently waited. Uh, here we are, um, <laughs> halfway halfway through January. And I don't know. I think for me, at least, I'm still kind of standing here with my hands up. Um, but I'd, I'd love to just kind of get your overall thoughts on just the state of the Lakers, where they are today, and, and your thoughts on the team. Well, there's a good team there, but they they everything has to be working. And that means Anthony Davis back. That means Russell Westbrook playing with force but under control. Uh, that means them you know having you know adequate shooting nights because they seem to run hot and cold with shooting that's been the case for three years now um and they had a a wonderful hot streak in the bubble and that was perfectly timed but sometimes their hot streaks are are timed poorly or cold streaks and so like i can see like i could i can massage a way that i think this can be a really potent roster but the question is as to whether they can repeat that over and over. So, so I, you know, you probably heard me say this before. I know it can be tiresome, but I really think it's the way you evaluate uh, basketball teams. What is your margin for error? What, you know, what, what variance can you play and still win? So, for example, the Golden State Warriors were at their best when they were winning 65, 70 games in the, in the la- middle of the last decade their margin for error was wide. They could have a game where Steph Curry shot 6 of 20 and still win because they had so much other firepower. The Lakers' margin for error is narrow. Hmm. 
They need LeBron to play great. They need a couple other things to happen. They need their defense to show up. And um, that, it, that is worrisome. And that is why they're a 500 team. Because some nights their margin for error catches up with them, and some nights they thread the needle and they look really good. And that's gonna, that is the recipe for frustration. We've seen it with many teams over the decades in the NBA, and that's where this Lakers team lives. Brian, you know, I, by the way, that's such a great way to put it because you are right, and I, I've said this. I've said this a few times on air. It's like you, a lot of these games, you almost have to play perfect basketball if you're the Lakers. It's not just remember the stretch Braun was on, where he's thirty plus points in X amount of games, and it's not like the Lakers were six and zero on that stretch or or five and one or something along those lines. They were even with those stretches that he had. It actually came down to. Was Monk going to have a good game? Was Russell Westbrook going to have uh, less than three turnovers? Were other guys going to be able to contribute that you weren't expecting? Maybe a guy like Avery Bradley. Just kind of go down the list. It's a it's kind of a good gauge for for the the thought process of what does that margin of error look like? You're right that they almost have to play perfect basketball. Um, there's been been a lot of chatter, and this didn't just start you know this morning, and it didn't start a week ago, and it didn't start two weeks ago. The conversation about is Frank Vogel's job in jeopardy, and um, it, it seems like that rumbling really, really got loud after that loss against the Denver Nuggets and Lakers not only lost, but it, it was how they lost, Brian. And I could tell you firsthand, watching the entire game, doing the postgame show, um, there are a lot of times it looks like the Lakers even fighting. I'm just curious to get your thoughts of if, if where do you kind of see – what has to happen here for Vogel um, to obviously keep his job and, and how much of that is just winning or is it how you win or how you lose as well? And how, how, much, uh, how, much, uh, how much do you feel like he's in the hot seat right now at this moment? I think he was on the hot seat the minute they made that trade. I really felt that way. And a lot of people in the league felt that way. And, uh, I mean, you know, the day the trade went down or the day after, because I guess it went down sort of on the draft, um, people in the league were saying, I don't know if Frank's going to survive it because of the hand that he was, that he was dealt. Hmm. Has he performed excellently? No. Has some of his decisions been uh, frustrating at times? Yes. Has the team not always um, given its max effort and that is an indication of the coach's motivation? Yes. But um, the reason that the Lakers are not as good as they were the last two years is because of decisions they made with the roster, which Frank Vogel had very little to do with relative to Rob Palenka and LeBron James and Anthony Davis. So he is not the primary reason why the Lakers are struggling, but he is the easiest thing to replace. You can't trade Westbrook. It's hard to trade other players. Rob Palenka is the boss. He's not going to fire himself. Uh, LeBron is not going to, um, you know, announce that he screwed up by putting all the space in Westbrook. So Frank Vogel is the one who's going to pay. And he's probably going to pay by losing his job at some point, especially as their schedule gets very tough. And, um, but I'm not so sure what that's going to solve. Um, in my view, the decisions that Frank was making – um, that was frustrating people was he was trying to get guys on the court who would defend. Hmm. And he has consistently moved to that because he's a defensive coach and the Lakers have been a good defensive team under him. And, you know, the COVID thing hitting them and the, and the AD injury, but the COVID thing hitting them just really undercut them because they were, there was that period there from late November to like the early to mid part of December where they genuinely were playing Laker defense. And I could see Frank Vogel working, and I think what he was doing was taking root, and I think they had a chance. COVID hit, derailed their entire team, knocked him out, you know, and obviously they played terribly when he wasn't there. You know, they got guys scattered all over the country. They got guys in Dallas, guys in Minneapolis, guys – in Chicago, the team's back in L.A., um, you know, and, you know, Christmas holiday game is wacky, and then A.D. gets hurt. And so part of me says Frank was actually getting, you know, getting results the way he was coaching before all this happened. And 
if you gave him more time, in theory, when, when everybody gets back, they could do it again. But uh, I realize we don't live in the world where he's permitted to have that. So um, if he is indeed fired soon, I won't be the least bit surprised. Um, but I don't think it will change the reality and the flaws that have been that have been dealt to this team, especially in the wake of the, of the Westbrook trade. Brian Windhorst, who covers the NBA for ESPN, taking some time to join Lakers Talk. Um, Brian, there, there's been uh, confidence. We actually heard this yesterday from uh, Frank Vogel in the postgame show that um, AD is cleared contact, uh, and, and there's no still no timetable of when he returns. I'm curious to get your thoughts of when Anthony Davis does come back, how much do you think he changes things for the Lakers? And I know that, you know, in in a if I asked you that same question a year ago or in the playoffs against the Phoenix Suns or something along those lines, I think, you know, obviously the answer is, is very easy. Oh, well, it's AD. He's going to have a significant impact. And if the Lakers have Anthony Davis, um, they can go up against any team. His numbers were there this year to start the season, but they were not as impactful. You didn't feel AD the way you might have felt him, in my opinion, that Orlando bubble, or you go up against a guy like Giannis, and Giannis completely outplays Anthony Davis. What what are what are your expectations when AD comes back? And uh, maybe if you can help kind of explain, there's a... It, do you agree that the AD that, that we used to see is not the AD that we're, uh, we're currently seeing, at least before his last injury? This has been the story of his career. There are times when he plays and your jaw drops, and you're like, my God, he's one of the most talented basketball players I've ever seen. He does certain things that shows his versatility and his athleticism and his size. And you're like, oh, man, this guy is a first ballot Hall of Famer, uh, one of the great, potentially one of the great Lakers of all time. And then there are other times, as Lakers fans know, where you're just like, what's going on there? Why is he doing that? Why is he not more involved? Why is he not doing this? We know he can do this. He is... He is an inconsistent. He is a, he is a great player who has inconsistent greatness, and he's injury prone. And this is what happened in in New Orleans. The, the, they loved him, they wanted him, but he you know he routinely frustrated them. And so this is who he has been as a Laker. And so, what do you do when you have a player like this? what you do is you do everything you possibly can. You search, you have conversations with them. You bring in different coaches, you show him different pieces of film, you change his diet, you, you do whatever you can to try to get the greatness out of him. And even when he was at Kentucky, it was like this. So I don't know. I mean, I, you know, I feel like LeBron, the way he has embraced playing center and what he is doing is almost like him talking to AD through his game. Because we know LeBron's trying to motivate him in a hundred different ways. And we know that it's helped uh, Anthony a lot over the last few years. But I almost am watching LeBron, the way he's playing center, him speaking a basketball language to AD to say, come out here with me and do this too. And maybe it will happen, Alan. Maybe it will. And, and he has the capability. And that's why I would say, if you bet on the Lakers to win the title, do not destroy your ticket. Do not destroy your ticket. And that, you know, they have that. But it is going to take the great AD for this to work. It is, he is like a, uh, a, a, a race car. Hmm. He's like one of these Formula One race cars. I've gotten into Formula One because of Netflix series, right? And these race cars, perform like no machines on earth, even more than the NASCARs and the IndyCars. But if, the, if, if one valve is a little bit off, the whole thing goes off on the side of the road and they shut down. Hmm. Anthony Davis has got to, everything's got to be calibrated and the throttle's got to be full open and everything in the Lakers organization is aimed to try to get that. Can they get it? I don't know. I don't know if he's going to be the guy in the pole position or not. And that's why the, the, when he comes back, anything is still possible. Brian Windhorst, who covers the NBA for ESPN, taking some time to join Lakers talk. Uh, Brian, final one for you, and always appreciate the time. Um, 
The NBA trade deadline is February 10th. Uh, obviously, just your opinion on this one. How realistic is it for the Lakers to be in the mix here, to have some type of a uh, – be a part of a, uh, a trade that, you know, obviously helps them here in the short term for this season and, and we'll see moving further. But I think obviously when you're all in every single year, you're just paying attention to what's in front of you. How realistic do you think it is with the assets that they have or the lack of assets that they have to have uh, to be able to make some type of move that is significant? They're trying. You know, they, they put in an offer for Cam Reddish, and uh, they're trying to use Kendrick Dunn. And unfortunately, he's had a setback. And now I just don't know if he has much value. And so, really, now you're da- if, if if you can't trade Kendrick Dunn, the, the the player of of talent value that you have to trade is is Taylor Horton Tucker. And so you can run off to the um, the trade machine and bring back your 11 trades for him if you want. You can you can do your 35 different ways that they can get Jeremy Grant. But, you know, if you lose Taylor Horton Tucker, you've got to get a player back that is just as good or better than him. And that's the thing about a team that is limited resources. It's just a, it's just a reality of it. I mean, you can present me your Jeremy Grant trade. And, and I hear it. I got it. I've heard it, Lakers. But remember, there's another 20 teams that can also make a Jeremy Grant offer that can be that can that can in a lot of cases trump that. Hmm. And so that's why you know I really think that the Lakers. I mean, I do expect them to make some sort of trade, even if it's just to open a roster spot. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised, like a, a team. I would I would tell the Lakers fans to watch the Oklahoma City Thunder because they are most likely going to trade for a player or two that they take from another team and that they're just going to cut uh, because they're $20 million under the, the uh, salary floor. They have to spend the money, and they don't want any more players on their roster. So um, that'll be the Lakers game, but, you know, guys who come in and get cut. Um, my the, the way the Lakers are going to succeed is to figure out how to get Russell Westbrook in the most the role that, that where it works. And that happened in Houston. It took until the back half of the season in Houston two years ago. They figured it out. It took till the back half of the season in Washington last year. They figured out a way for him to be, you know, comp- you know really a big contributor. They are making changes right now and trying to find a way. So can you figure out, Westbrook, can you get AD back and, and animate him? Can you get um, you know LeBron to keep playing this way? It's going to take those moving of the pieces that you have. I don't think it's going to come from some savior trade on February 10th. Brian, always appreciate it, man. Fantastic stuff. Always great content and uh, always uh, enjoy uh, having the conversation with you about the NBA and the Lakers on the show. So thank you for the time, bud. Thanks, Alan. Take care. All right, that is Brian Windhorse right there. Final thoughts coming up next. Stay right here. This is Lakers Talk on 710 ESPN. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Great stuff from uh, Brian Windhorse right there. Really, man, a lot of good conversations came from that, whether it's to talk about Frank Vogel, it's to talk about you know, thinking a trade is going to come to come save the Lakers, you can probably uh, get that out of the way because that's probably not realistic. But you still got this puncher shot, and I think that's one of the key things that Brian Windhorst was saying. So fantastic conversation there. Um, uh, Lakers talk, by the way, presented by Valvoline Instant Oil Change. Oil changes, tire rotations, transmission care, more. You guys know this. Pull up, drive in, and drive out in about 15 minutes. Visit SoCalOilChange.com for location and game-winning coupons off your next Valvoline Instant Oil Change. We appreciate their partnership on the show. Um, yeah, that 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 part I thought. I thought the piece of you got all these other squads that also want to change uh, trade for Jeremy Grant or a Miles Turner or one of these other players that Lakers were. Um, Cam Reddish that they were um, they were active in that one and just the 
the Knicks were the ones that were able to to pull that off. So I, I think this is – the question doesn't mean do the Lakers need a trade. I, I think that, the you know, you can certainly sit here right now. You can talk about, okay, the mix is missing something. You could say that they don't have players that they were really depending on that were small pieces like last couple of years, KCP and Alex Caruso come to mind. Um, I think the Russ part of it is – of course, that that trade is not looking right now like it was a good trade, that if they could have went out and got a different type of player and kept different assets, they'd probably be in a better position. But I think, you know, with all that being said and the dust settles, um, I think it's also safe to say that you probably don't have the assets to go improve your team um, significantly and that you're going to have to work with the pieces that you have. And the AD part of this of Anthony Davis needs to figure out a way what player does he want to be when he comes back? Because if he wants to be that dominating player, the guy who's highly motivated, that wants to play uh, down low and push people around and dominate the paint and be one of the best defenders in the NBA, all that stuff, he's got the capability of doing it. The problem is he just has never done it on a consistent basis. So we're going to have to obviously wait and uh, and see on that. One thing I, I did kind of promote and I haven't got into yet that I want to get into, the new goal for the Lakers let me explain what I mean by that. The new goal for the Lakers. Go look at the NBA standings right now, and Lakers are 22-22. and 22. They're in seventh place in the Western Conference. Does this sound familiar, Laker fans? Remember when we were having this conversation before the season started, and it was, okay, how important is home court going to be? You know, you get a one or a two seed. Uh, you kind of put yourself in a good position. You get a couple rounds where people got to come to Crypto.com Arena. Then maybe a month goes by and you're like, all right, well, you could forget about the number one and the number two seeds. Um, okay, now you just got to get home court in the first round. And then we get, you know, just kind of using as an example how far we got with this Lakers season. Um, you start playing a team like the Memphis Grizzlies and Memphis is beating you on a consistent basis. And Memphis is now sitting in the three seed. Use Utah as an example there in the four seed. Forget first round in the playoffs. You're seven, eight games back in the loss column where Memphis and Utah sit, so it's probably not realistic for that. I think the new goal for the Lakers, at least from a regular season perspective, yes, figure things out. Yes, make sure, like Brian Windhorst was saying, if you can have similar success that the Rockets and the Wizards did with Russell Westbrook in the second half of the season. Yes, if Anthony Davis can become that player again. Yes, if LeBron James can continue doing what he's doing and still being considered as one of the best players in the world. Uh, all that is, we, we know that those are the goals in the regular season. Be healthy, all that. But from a standings perspective, Laker fans, do you know where we are in the standings? The new goal for the Lakers is stay the hell out of the playing tournament. That's the new goal. And by the way, that's not going to be easy either. They're 22-22 and 22 right now. Denver and Dallas are the two teams sitting in the fifth and the sixth spot. you got to imagine the Denver Nuggets, obviously, everything they can do to avoid the playing tournament, and they'll probably get healthier as the season progresses. Uh, the Dallas Mavericks, I was reading something, they're going to be active in the trade deadline. Why wouldn't they be? And they're playing some good basketball run right now. They've won nine of their last ten games. So use that as an example as well, that it's going to be a challenge to just stay out of the playing tournament. And the playing tournament, this is why – uh, the playing tournament is so dangerous. Very simple why it's so dangerous. It's not just you got to go up against, uh, let's just use right now. Let's just say the season ended today. The Lakers at 22-22 and 22 would play Clippers in the playing tournament. And then if they won that game, then they would face the Golden State Warriors in the first round. And if they lost that game and it took to play the winner of the Minnesota Timberwolves or the Portland Trailblazers, then they play Phoenix in the first round. So it just kind of shows what an incredibly tough path it would be for the Lakers who are only playing 500 basketball, who are up and down. You win two, you lose two. Kind of go through all of that. Um, how uh, devastating that would be, demoralizing would be that you can't get out of the seventh seed. And there's gonna, they're going to have some challenges to get out of there. And we'll kind of see what happens. Um, I always talk about this. I know we're coming uh, up, up towards the end of the show here. ESPN does their power rankings. They do them uh, – Every single week, I always kind of, here's the top five and here's where the Lakers are. They got Phoenix with the number one spot in the uh, in the Western Conference. Best record in the NBA. Makes sense. Memphis has moved up to number two. Their previous ranking was number five. 
Um, they're playing some great basketball. Obviously, they went on that 11-game winning streak. That was snapped on Friday night. Warriors at number three. Since Draymond Green went out, he's going to miss, uh, I think, two to four weeks, something, or at least two weeks. Um, that team has definitely changed, didn't have a good week. They're 31-12, and 12, so they're a couple games back now from where the Phoenix Suns are. So the Suns almost kind of starting to solidify where they stand. They got Bulls at number four, Milwaukee at number five, the team that beat the Lake or the team that the Lakers beat yesterday, the Jazz at number six. So where are the Lakers? They're not top ten. They are fifteenth right now. Um, and this is kind of the uh this is the area that the Lakers are in until they start winning games on a consistent basis. I think this ranking came out before um this win against the Jazz, I'm assuming, because it usually comes out on Monday. So obviously that tells uh, part of the story. Schedule coming up for the Lakers. Um, it, it's going to get tough, Laker fans. That's why I keep talking about this is such a critical moment. And, you know, you heard Brian Windhorst talk about it, that even if the Lakers do move on from Vogel, yes, he is on the hot seat. It, it's going to come down to is there going to be a solution? If, if he goes, who's going to come in to change everything? And I think he has some doubt on that. Um, this is the Lakers schedule. Indiana tomorrow. Um, obviously, that's a home game for the Lakers. And then your... On the road against the Orlando Magic, not a good team. They might have the worst team in the Eastern. They might have the worst record in the Eastern Conference. They do eight and thirty-seven. So Orlando after that, and then a road game against the Miami Heat on Sunday. Miami playing some good basketball. Uh, they are twenty-eight and sixteen, second best record in the Eastern Conference. And then next week, brutal Nets, Philly, Charlotte, Atlanta. By the end of this trip, the Lakers will be 62% of the season complete. 62% of the season will be complete. So if you start asking yourself, what's a manageable record for the playoffs? How many wins do you have to have? I don't know if people remember this, but the Lakers in the seventh seed last year were still 12 games above 500, And they're sitting right now, obviously, at... Uh, at uh, 22 and 22, 44 games in. So that's what we got, Laker fans. Appreciate everybody being a part of the show. Thank you for everybody who tweeted into the show. Uh, quick shout-out, Taylor Smith, Michael Funches, Laura Romo, everybody that helped out uh, behind the scenes. I'm back on tomorrow morning with Travis Rogers at 10 a.m. We'll do our show till 1. And then, of course, pregame show tomorrow against the Pacers starts at 6 p.m. L.A., as always, have a great rest of your night.